The financial issues faced by the University of the South Pacific are expected to continue, with the Fiji government making no budget allocation to meet its debts to the institution. The government has also refused to pay its grant for the past two years because of a rift with the Vice-Chancellor, Paul Alwalia. But a man who worked for the USP for 40 years, economist Wada Nasi, believes he has a solution. Don Wiseman spoke with Professor Nasi, who said the USP has been a significant example of the regionalism the Pacific Islands Forum is striving for. It is the finest example, you know, although it has now developed all kinds of cracks, which everybody can see. But, you know, when, when, when the Pacific Island Forum people talk about unity and maintaining unity, the first thing they should be thinking about is maintaining unity on principle. Now, you've got 12 member countries of the university, out of whom 11 of them are paying their bill to USC for the students that are being taught at USC. And one of them, unilaterally, two years ago, said, oh, we're not going to pay our bill. We're going to take our loaf of bread from the shop. We're going to eat that loaf of bread, have our students thought, but we're not going to pay you what we owe. And annually they owe about $30 million, according to the current funding arrangement. So my estimate is that by the end of this financial year, they will be owing USP $88 million, the burden of which is falling on the other 11 member countries and on parents and students who are paying privately. And of course, let's not forget that the donors, Australia and New Zealand, are now also funding something like 20% of USP's revenue. Now, back in the 90s, you were the Director of Planning and Development at the USP, and you were looking at the figures and came to some interesting conclusions. Well, the big problem is that when the university first started, basically, there was no such thing as tuition fees and all that kind of stuff. So what has happened is that pretty much 80-90% of the university's revenue came from the government, which was divided up amongst them according to students and according to how much USP spent in their countries. But what has happened in the last 25-30 years is that the tuition fees have become a much larger proportion of USP revenues. It's about 30% now. The donor funding has gone from 5% to about 20, 25%, 29%. And government grants, what we call government grants, which is a real misnomer, they're not grants per se, they're actually payments for students being taught by USC, has gone down to 21% now. So really, what is called government grants is not grants at all. They're actually payment by the Fiji government for all the students who are coming from Fiji, whether sponsored by the Fiji government or coming privately, you know, and paying whatever fees are, are being charged by USC. So things have changed quite a lot, and there's a solution that is in front of the USC Council, you know, if they have got the courage to grasp that solution. That is to do what? Basically, what they need to do is to subsume what they call government grants, which are not really government grants. It amounts to only about $40 million a year, only $40 million, out of a total USP revenue of $200 million. That $40 million can simply be subsumed into the tuition fees. So tuition fees will effectively increase by whatever amount is necessary to keep USP revenues at that figure. And what it will mean is that for the 11 member countries who are currently paying their bills to USP, it will make no difference, this change that I'm suggesting. But, of course, it will make a difference to one government. And if they then insist on sending students to USP but not paying USP what they owe USP, getting them taught, then USP will be entitled to say to the students, okay, go home, you're not going to be registered until you've paid your fees, which is what happens in every other university in Australia and New Zealand. And there is a long-term solution that they're in front of the member countries, but they've got to bite the bullet and do it. Otherwise, what's happening, uh, uh, Don, and you can see it, Australia and New Zealand don't want to say anything to Fiji government because they've been neutralized by this China bogey, you know, so then you're so friendly with the Fiji government, you know, they don't want to speak harsh truth 
to them. And then you see what you're seeing, of course, is the Marshall Islands, you know, splitting away, Kiribati is splitting away, right? And, you know, this unity that they talk about, you know, in the Forum Secretariat, is not really, you know, it's all, all a lot of hot air, to be honest. Yes, but if you, given that the majority of the students are Fijians... Yes. And suddenly they found themselves having to pay far higher fees. Is that going to dramatically reduce the student numbers at the USP? No, it, it won't be far higher, uh, Don, because uh, it will be just to make up for the short, so shortfalls that the Fiji government is currently not paying, paying them. And just remember, the Fiji government, it's not the Fiji government paying, it's not, you know, Kayum and Beni Marama paying, it's coming from the taxpayers. So, I mean, if, if the Fiji government still refuses to pay those uh, what it owes USP, then all that will happen is that that amount will have to be raised from the students. And uh, I doubt very much if many, too many of them are going to stay home because, you know, at the end of the day, USP still provides incredible value for money for the kinds of degrees it uh, produces. And these graduates are working all over the world, including Australia and New Zealand. And, you know, USP produces these graduates at about, you know, a, a quarter of the cost that Australian and New Zealand universities uh, use up. There has been for quite a long time, I think, through this debacle, yes. suggestions of the university or the main part of the university moving from Fiji. Is that feasible? No, it's not feasible. I mean, you can have the vice-chancellor moving to Samoa. It doesn't make any difference to the university. I mean, the fact of the matter is it's, uh, you know, it, it, it's like a booming fish cannery, you know. You cite your cannery where the biggest supplies are. And, you know, the, over the years, USP has tried to decentralize its facilities, like the School of Agriculture in, in Alapur, but it has stagnated for 30 years. The law school in Vanuatu hasn't done too badly, but even that law school, the first years of that law program that taught at USP at Lodala, and they go there for the last uh, the last year or so. And 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 honestly, you know, you have if you go and look at the the origins of the students at Auckland University or Monash University, they come from all over the world now. And and they're going there because the university is providing a quality education with quality staff and quality facilities. So students will keep going to USC. And and now that we've got a lot of other universities, there's NUS in Samoa, there's Solomon Islands University in, in Solomon. A lot of Pacific Island students can now shop around for better value for money. If, if USC doesn't offer them good value for money, they can go elsewhere. And that's how it should be.